Welcome, everyone. This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Baloney, the Southside bum, and welcoming him back for the third time. We have Cousin Javi. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. I appreciate so we, it. I, I didn't think I'd be invited back after uh, what happened with the Bears uh, two, three weeks ago, but thanks, Peter, for overriding them with the main guy there. Yeah, well, yeah, we had to, we kind of had to have you back. I wanted to hear. We'll get into it. Um, obviously, you're our only one of our only Cub fans in the fold. I know cousin John is also. We'll have him on later to talk baseball. Um, but we wanted to have you on to talk Cubs. But also the Justin Fields news. Kind of, I wanted to see if it shifted your line of thinking with the Chicago Bears. But we'll get into that later. Yes. So before we before we do, you know, we had a little hiatus here haven't been on for a couple weeks it's because baloney welcomed number two to the fold last week so congratulations on landon paul joining the world thank you thank you yeah we got the youngest chicago sports bum in the fold um he'll be he'll be ready for a long life of of misery and upsetness and despair but hopefully he turns it around he'll be a lucky charm so as People may have known your daughter has has been forced to become a Steelers fan. So does that mean you get bears for for Landon? You know what? That's a good question. I haven't even broached that subject. Um, it's a touchy subject in the Fonseca household. We're a household divided. Um, yeah. So so Julie said when we first had Scarlett, our oldest, that she could root for all of the Chicago sports, but let her be a Steelers fan. And I'm like, well, yeah, we'll let her decide when, when she comes of age, but yeah, she's leaning heavy towards them being Steelers fans. Honestly, I'll let them decide to be honest with you. If, if they want to join this, the struggle bus, I'm cool with it. If not, if they want to root for a competent franchise, I'm, I'm also cool with it. As long as they're not rooting for, you know, the Packers or yeah, what, what do you, St. what do you do if, what do you do if Landon, like you know, decides to become a, a Packers fan? Well, then we, we have talking. We have a, we have a strict talking. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on. Thank you. We're excited. Newborn. Yeah, congrats. Um, but, you know, we invited Cousin Javi because we were going to talk some some Cubs baseball today because they're doing pretty well past couple of weeks. Um, but then he decides to log into the Zoom call with a Bears House Hall media background and I don't, I, I distinctly remember telling him that he was banned. And it was, I think I even threw like a hashtag banned in there from jumping on the Justin Fields bandwagon. And here he comes strolling tro- tro- into our meeting, trolling us with the Bears background. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of feeling attacked right now. I'm well, if, show you, here. if you remember his, on his last appearance on this podcast, He's talking about rooting for the San Diego Chargers and and Justin Herbert and all this stuff. But he did throw a bunch of caveats at the very end of that podcast saying if the Bears sign this person or, or Lewis Riddick becomes a GM and this or that. And I feel like now that Justin Fields is in the fold, I want to see him. I want to see his his thoughts and I want to kind of hear you grovel because I feel like you want back in. So yes, I'm go ahead, Abby. Lie. Make your case. I'm not going to lie. I, I do want back in, but <laughs> listen, Justin Fields. It, 
as a Bears fan, yes, I guess I'm, I'm still considering myself a Bears fan. It's exciting. It's super exciting. But I also don't think that the Bears all of a sudden had they, – they fixed all what's happened in the past couple of years. Um, I, I just hope they don't mess this up with this kid. I don't want him all of a sudden the – peer, the pressure from the city, pressure from – upstairs all of a sudden getting this kid on the field week three when he's not ready that's my biggest fear right now like i'm i'm okay with the bears end up going i don't know four and 13 or whatever Uh, it's exciting for the future because there's still a lot of unknowns especially on defense the defense is getting older um i just i hope they play play this right and let justin fields kind of grow into the role Maybe not necessarily sit all year, but and if he is better than Dalton, great. They brought him Dalton. He's going to be fine because he's a capable quarterback. He's not going to be, he's not going to world light the world on fire, but he's capable. So I guess that's my biggest concern. So, um, what do you guys think of Justin Fields playing from game one? Oh, we've talked about it. I'm for it. I'm just, yeah, just. I think we talked about it. Like you said, I. I think already he's the best quarterback in that room, talent-wise. So if he is, then he's got to start. You got to start your best quarterback. You got to give yourself the best chance to win. And I think from the get-go, it's Justin Fields. Now I understand not wanting him. You you don't want to stunt his development. And if he's not ready, he's not ready. But everything, I mean, on paper and on videos, makes it seem like he's as NFL ready as they come. Um, so it's it'll be interesting. I really think he is. The, the future he's he's the best shot we have of a, at a franchise quarterback since i've been born you know like he is the blue chip prospect so yeah i hope he doesn't they don't fuck it up but it, it's also like yeah i'm not gonna get mad if he doesn't play but, but in reality i think it at most it's three four games and, and he's in um i i think that's fair i i think another point have you seen that schedule well, yeah, yes. we, yeah, we broke it down on our it's season rough. on our schedule release podcast, and it's it's brutal. We we did our, you know, even though Peter was drinking the Kool Aid and doing seventeen and zero, you know, I think we all came to consensus it was there may be an eight or nine win team at most. Yeah, best case scenario, it's nine wins, and that's like if everything falls their way and Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers, and that that is best case scenario. But otherwise, I like. You said, Javi, I'm not, I won't be shocked if it's four wins, five wins, if it's one win, or I mean, you can't go 500, but if you go eight, nine, that's at best. And again, that that's fine. Again, I think, like you said, Peter, this is the best thing that's happened in my lifetime as a Bears fan. And I just really don't want them to screw it up. Um, If he is the, the starter day one, great. But again, I think it's it's one thing where he shows that he is a capable NFL quarterback, but he hasn't played against NFL defenses. And, and that's my that's always been my concern with these quarterbacks who come in, are supposed to be the guy, they have a couple bad games, and then and then what? Do you go back to Dalton? That that's my concern. But to your point, if he is the best quarterback in that quarterback room, then play him. Yeah, I don't think you give him the Tua treatment and you keep on swapping him out or pull him mid-game. I think you 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 know sink or swim with him. That's, yeah, that's my take. If if he's out there and he has a four-pick game, it's gonna happen. 
He'll learn from it. Don't don't give him the the hook for Dalton because that one thing you don't want to do is be breaking a rookie's confidence. Now, if he, after the first bad game. Well, that being said, as, and if he does have a four pick game, me as a meathead Bears fan, I'm gonna be more reasonable with Justin Fields having a four pick game than Andy Dalton's bum ass throwing a four four pick game. If if we see Andy Dalton first game of the season against the Ram throw four picks, I might have an aneurysm. <laughs> Well, well, one of the things that I think people were talking about is him coming in like maybe week three, week four. And obviously, Javi touched it. It's something I didn't even think about as well, too. After what, week four? That that, squ- that schedule doesn't become any any easier for, for anybody to come in. So when you're when you're throwing him in there in those tough matchups, those tough situations, that that, that hard schedule going down from like, you know, what, like week, week five. It's like week five. Down, like the first yeah, four it, games it's are definitely pretty tough reasonable. for any, any yeah it's tough for any quarterback in general like you know with Justin Fields yeah i mean coming in and all that but that's that's one some of the people that some of these uh, football analysts are, are are asking like do you start him in week, week 1 do you start him like right off fresh off the bed and obviously i'm not that's a million dollar question if he he is going to be in that situation but uh we we'll, we shall see but um i didn't even think about that if you do start him around the week four type of area, you start pulling Dalton and put him in there, you're going to start uh, putting him in the dogs, which in, in a way it's kind of like, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, but also too, like you're going to go up against top defenses and, and, and all that, it, you know, I, I don't want to say it's going to rattle him and all that, but it's definitely a very interesting beginning for his football career. Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about it on the schedule release show, but if you are going to start him, you might as well start him either week one or week two. It's Bengals, then Browns, then Lions. That's kind of the the easy part of the feet, schedule. Get your feet wet. Get your feet wet. Get some reps in. Get used to the speed of the game. Because like you said, Johnny, if you do start them against Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Steelers, Ravens, that's just murderer's row. Uh, you, you either start them before that stretch or after that stretch. Not in between there. I'd rather just, you know, take your licks with Dalton against those teams or get fields ready before that. Exactly. Um, Javi, but I have to say, you know, you took a good first step here in, you know, you came in the show hat in hand, threw up the Bears background. You know, you're saying we want to be unbanned. So, you know, I think I think we'll do the reasonable thing here and we'll we'll leave it up to the listeners. And, you know, when you guys listen to the podcast, shoot us a tweet or on Instagram and, you know, answer the question. Should we unban Javi? Should we have should we allow him back on the bandwagon? He's broadcasting from Hallis Hall. <laughs> if we do end up doing it this way and put it up to a poll, this is going to be bad news for Javi because all of our listeners are his friends that don't like him. So shout out Rusty Sprouts and Pete and Dink and everybody. Everybody that listens is his friends and they hate him. That, that's true. You might, you might have to go on the whole apology tour for, to all your, your friends and family there, Javi. One last point. So yes, I, I want back in. It's, it's exciting just because I have seen Justin Fields YouTube clips like in the middle of the night. Just just thinking of how awesome he could go down 40 yards to Allen Robinson that you've never seen in the in the past before. That's exciting. Dude. You got him, Mooney, who can go deep. I mean, it, I'm not gonna lie. I'm excited. It, I'm hoping I don't have high hopes this year, but the future is finally super bright for the bears at the quarterback position where they've never had it before. So exactly. that's exciting. I, 
I'm glad you mentioned that, Javi, because the football junkie in me, the day that my son was born and Julie was sleeping on the hospital bed and he was sleeping, I had nothing to do. I was watching the Sox game and literally for like a half hour, I was just watching Justin Field highlights on YouTube, and <laughs> like football porn. I'm like, what a yeah. junkie I am. I had nothing else to do with him than watch football highlights. It's awesome. Um, all right, let's get a couple of headlines here. So as I mentioned, we were on a little hiatus for the week. So even though some of the stuff might be a little old news, we decided we're still going to rehash some of it. We dropped a couple of topics because, you know, they weren't relevant, relevant. now, but um, we got some, we got some stuff that we're going to backtrack here. So bear with us if you think that this is already old news, cause it probably is. Um, but the new that's not old is that man, fucking PGA championship happened this weekend and lefty comes out of nowhere and wins this, this major and becomes the oldest ever person to win a major. And I was, I texted my cousin, who's a big golf guy. And I was like, I did not expect to see Phil Mickelson, the lead going into Saturday. Dude. It was so awesome to watch. I watched I watched it all weekend. I, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And at after every round, I was expecting Phil to blow up and, and fall back. And the fact that he didn't, good for him, man. He gives every old person hope. I tweeted right away. I'm 38 now. By the time I'm 50, I can make I could win a major, man. He, he gives all of us hope. But <laughs> dude, my bonehead. I saw Phil in the lead even after this after uh, Saturday, and I just didn't think he was gonna pull through. I put money on Brooks to win because Brooks I would have at that thought point Brooks was gonna come back. Phil's, Phil had a three shot lead, and I'm like, if there's value in Brooks winning, I'm gonna pull the trigger. And it wasn't a big bet; it was like five bucks. But I'm like, I don't think he's gonna do it. So I got Brooks at like plus two fifty or something like that. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for the Phil blow up. It, it never happened. He was nails. And uh, it was good to see, man. It, it was good to see the crowd back in golf, too, man. It gave you big-time Tiger vibes yes. when, when Phil is walking on 18 and the whole gallery is walking behind them. And that was my thought was, man, this is awesome for Phil, but I miss Tiger. Well, that's, that's basically it was like Tiger back in 19 when he won. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was just awesome. It was awesome to watch all the way through. Well, this this was kind of like the George Foreman type of comeback, right? Yeah, I mean nobody gave him a shot, and, and he's been right. he's been playing on the senior tour. He's been he's been basically selling coffee on the side. Like he, no one for the last five years gave Phil any shot. And credit to him, dude. He he's in the best shape of his life. I told my wife said the same thing. He's like he looks better now than I what I remember him before and it's like yeah he's he's in better shape now than he was in his 20s and 30s and and late 40s but yeah so it's crazy 50 years old so yeah do you know what the odds were for him winning at the start of the tournament i saw somebody online actually it was a chicago sports writer it was like something like plus two twenty thousand or something like that holy cow (laughs) you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna start putting a dollar at each one of those like long shot odds just throw like 20 yeah, bucks worth put, of dollar bets. He put a 20, he put a $10 bet on Phil. And I think he, they were asking him to cash out. And if he didn't cash out, he was going to win like 20. Yeah. Like $20,000 or something crazy. Wow. Yeah. He, he was 300 to one. Not at the beginning. Not at the, Hey, hold on. Let me look it up. <laughs> no, I was just kind of curious. 
Well, anyways, it, it's it's such a, a feel-good story. I mean, Lefty, Phil Mickelson is probably one of the most beloved golfers ever. And, and for him to do it at the age of 50 is pretty awesome. I mean, you can't talk to anyone golfer who who enjoys watching golf and say you know this is an awesome story for him and good for him um brooks would have been cool to win because he, he's also coming back from a knee surgery probably came back sooner than what he wanted but he hung was in it there five weeks or something like that or yeah. after surgery yeah, yeah, yeah. right so yeah. i mean that was a good storyline as well but for phil to win is super awesome yeah i i didn't get a chance to watch as much of it this this weekend as i wanted to but uh definitely was following it. And when I saw, like I said, when I saw Saturday morning and he was in the lead out, I, I was just, wow. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but he held on. And yeah. So it was like two fifty to one, but like I saw it, Hollywood casinos, a hundred dollar bet pays out 25,000. So yeah, that's, it was like, it says plus, plus 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. That's still, that's still value right there, man. Like you said, my, fuck it, next, my fucking next... brain can't do math. But next next masters awesome. or next major just take some of those long shot guys you know and throw like a dollar down on each one of them and hope well, they hit that was my abraham answer bet in the masters two years ago he was like ten thousand to one and i, I abraham I answer abraham answers your guy for every tournament Peter. dude yeah he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa he's the only mexican playing but that guy's awesome he is awesome he is awesome well good good for phil happy for him um Marv Albert decided that he's going to retire after this round of NBA playoffs, ending his legendary career. And I will never, ever forget those classic Knicks versus Bulls game playoff games, 92, 93. And Marv Albert was just like the human, you know, like high, I want to say highlight machine, but like just everything was with his catchphrases, you know, a spectacular move and him saying so John Starks and, Jordan, it just brings back memories of childhood. So you you kind of did it, Jason. I asked you to leave this headline in because I wanted everybody to do their best Marv Albert impression because we've all done it. <laughs> you know, you playing basketball in, in the backyard. You, you Everybody does a 3-2-1 or a, a yes and it counts or a spectacular yeah. move. He's got a yeah. bunch of the catchphrases. No. No one. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just always, like, just always named, the yeah, you just John the ball, Starks. So. No, but you got to do them. You got to do them in the voice. Yeah. John Starks hits yeah. his third three of the game and the Knicks are up by three. That's, that's then, impressive, Jason. And then, Jason. And then Jordan, awesome. and then Jordan would come back and dunk over Ewing and make it all well, happen. But, and the second him, part, though, for, the second part to the Marv Albert thing, you guys remember the scandal, right? We're uh, vaguely t- filming in here. I don't think he, I do. He was caught like with like a mistress wearing women. He wore women's underwear and like bit her in the back or something like something crazy like that. He was, he, the he, had a, part. He, he has a little kink to him. Marv Albert. Like so. Okay. All right. Little, little uh, dress dressy up there. Okay. Yeah. Well, All right. other, other than his, his <laughs> escapades that he did outside of commentary uh yeah i uh, jason you hit it on the nail i mean just memorable uh memorable just times that he's he's done uh broadcasting when it was the bulls versus the Knicks, any bulls game any during those playoffs in the 90s i mean it was just always memorable uh very a memorable person um doing the broadcast 
uh, somebody mentioned, I think it was on ESPN. Uh, would he be in your top five as broadcasters of all time? I think so. Just because I was a child of the nineties and the bulls were my everything at that point. It's, it, it's the bulls, Knicks, you know, bulls versus anybody, but it, it's even just like the NBA on NBC theme song, you know, that round ball thing, the Marv Marv Albert calls everything about the mid early to mid nineties is like my wheelhouse. So yeah, I got to put Marv Albert up there. Yeah, definitely going to miss his voice and definitely wasn't the same with after Jordan left. Um, we got a little, I going to segue into basketball here in a second, but I got one. I saw this headline and I have a question for you guys. If you were curious about this, if you would ever try this, um, would you ever try atomic vodka out of Ukraine? That's made in Chernobyl. Only if the Blackhawks are back in the state and like <laughs> up or something like that. For those that don't know, Jason, Johnny, all of us, when we used to watch Blackhawks watch parties, anytime the Hawks would score, we would do a shot of tequila with a lime. And in one of those limes, we would put clear hot sauce that was like 10,000 scovels or whatever. And somebody would get the, the hot sauce lime. So if it's if it's for Blackhawks Stanley Cups, maybe I'll try this poison vodka. Otherwise, no, thank you. So it's the Chernobyl Spirit Company. Um, they make their vodka with ingredients that are harvested from the area near Chernobyl. Now, I don't know. It doesn't say exactly Chernobyl, but it says near Chernobyl. Um, the ingredients may have been slightly radioactive, but a team of scientists working for the company <laughs> reportedly the confirmed there is no sign of radioactivity <laughs> after the distilling process. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I mean, it's got to be a marketing gimmick, right? You can't be selling this shit. We're going to turn something into something like, from the Simpsons. That's what I'm about to say. We're all going to turn into the blinky here's the, three-eyed fish. Here's the, ki- here's the kicker. It says... Despite its name, the drink is apparently no more radioactive than any other vodka. So I'm just thinking, like, wait, is all vodka kind of radioactive here? Well, I don't know. I mean, to tell you the truth, anything from Chernobyl, it can't be much worse than the stuff Jason, you and your friends give me, whether it's the Spiritus (laughs) or the Zabrówka, all the Polish different vodkas that I have. Those those things get me seeing sideways, too. Yeah, I saw. I saw that. I don't think it's available in the U.S. I don't think the U.S. government, FDA, would ever allow something from Chernobyl to ever come into the America. But if you ever travel to England or Spain or Germany or whatever, you might be able to pick some up, some atomic vodka up, and hopefully your eyes don't glow, or turn the Bruce Banner or something. Yeah, watch out, radioactive man. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. Um, all right, little basketball talk here before we get some baseball. Um, NBA playoffs started, but before we talk a little bit that playoffs, I just want to say, I'm really, really pissed off at the bulls for fucking up that draft position end of the season. So explain it. All right. Explain it to Yeah. So the last game of the season, if the bulls lost, they would have increased their chances of getting a top four pick to, I think it was like 26, 27%, which is basically better than a quarter percent for top four picks. So they had better odds by losing that game. It was a game against the Bucks, and the Bulls didn't play any of their top guys. Zach wasn't playing. Vooch wasn't playing. Like all their guys were 
were sitting and they still managed to win that game and beat the bucks. And now they pooch their chances for a top playoff pick because remember with the trade with Orlando, that pick is protected if it's top four pick now. So they literally did the one thing that they, they tried to tank that game and they still won against the bucks. And I've just been irked about that for the past couple of weeks, because we could have used after with Zach, with, you know, Vooch, like could have used that top four, potential top four pick and now we don't potentially not going to have it now or any top first round pick so no one thoughts all right uh no i i I was waiting yeah i was i I was waiting for javier he's more of a basketball guy than i i got thoughts too but yeah i i hear you i mean they probably shouldn't have won that game but i also think that it's either way even if they would have lost that game the odds of them getting a top four, we don't know. Um, I still am pretty optimistic going forward because I just love what the Bulls are becoming. I love Billy, Billy, the way he coaches. I think he's such a good coach. The coaching staff, they're finally let uh, Zach is a bona fide superstar now, I think. Um, it'd be nice to have that top four, but I think, I, I just don't know the Bulls salary cap situation. I don't know. And this is something I wanted to bring up today, too. And I was watching the, the Knicks versus Atlanta, and I keep hearing that all of a sudden New York's a destination for free agents to go to. I, I just – I'm not sure. They have a couple guys on their team that are pretty good, but I also think the Bulls have three now because I think Patrick Williams is – he's going to make a big step next year. I don't know what he averaged this year, maybe like 10 and four. Like nine points a game. Yeah, Okay. So I think he can get up to 17, 18 game, 18 points a game, maybe double his rebounds. I, I just really am optimistic about the Bulls next year. Um, that pick would have been huge, but I think whoever the Bulls pick, I'm hoping it is a top four, that they're still going to hopefully make a push for that playoff run next year. Yeah. yeah, Jason, I know you had mentioned it. Yeah, it sucks that they won that game, but it's still a coin flip, you know? Like, you just don't know. That that, that one time we had, like, a less than 5% chance of getting the number one pick, we ended up getting it and stuff like that. So, it sucks. They probably should have They probably should lost that game, but they did everything they could to lose that game. When you don't start your starters and, and, and things like that, that's all you could basically ask for. These guys are still playing for pride and, and – and playing for a job, a lot of these backups, you know. So if you can't ask those, you can't ask the players to lose the game. Obviously, the front office and the coaches could do everything they can for the betterment of the team. But these guys have pride, and they're playing for jobs. They're playing for contracts. So I don't blame them. The thing, J- J- uh, Javi, you said, I have faith in Billy Donovan. I have faith in AK. I think this was a big first step this first season. This was always going to be a feeling out process. Um, but for both Billy Donovan and for AK, they, they came in, they still didn't, they, they had never seen these guys play, um, properly. Like, so this, what this, this next season is going to be the season where you have to take a step up. This was the feeling out process. This was a season where you see who, what you have and what you don't and kind of work around that. So going into next season, that's where I expect them to start contending to make it to the playoffs and kind of being um, the Knicks, basically. They, they're they they're very close to being in a very similar situation as, as the Knicks. And I know the Knicks lost today, but 
it's awesome to see basketball back in the garden and relevant basketball for the Knicks is better for the whole NBA. Like the Knicks being relevant is awesome for the, the rest of the NBA. And that's the same goes for the Bulls. We, we just need playoff basketball back in the United Center. Yeah, I actually, you know, tweeted out before that Bulls, the last Bulls game. I was like, okay, Bulls are doing the whole Philadelphia Eagles tank job here and sitting all their main guys and going to boost up on the on the draft pick here. And yeah, then they went and won that game. Um, but with the playoffs back, question for you guys. Are you pro-con for the play-in games? Because I'll tell you what, though, that, that Lakers-Warriors, that just – that was – is best of a, of a playoff game I'm you in. can possibly get. I'm completely in. I watched the I watched the Lakers Warriors game. That was awesome. And then the Warriors Suns game was also awesome. That, I think a lot of people were really hesitant and really like there. It was speculative. Like you didn't know what you were going to get with these games. And a, a lot of the players, you heard LeBron complaining about it, um, especially because he was a seven seed or whatever about these games. But I think it was a win all around for 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 the NBA especially like like the 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 uh, commissioner like he was the one pushing this forward and people were kind of questioning him. I thought it was awesome. I thought these games were were really interesting. And next year, hopefully, the Bulls get at least into one of these games, if not just into the playoffs whatsoever. That, that's what we want. We just want to be relevant. And this scenario kind of gives relevancy to a lot more teams i just I, I was so pissed when i saw lebron take hit that shot oh it was terrible uh, I, I don't know about the playing game but it was entertaining for sure uh I, i've been pretty engaged in watching these nba games i watched the suns lakers game earlier today that was awesome suns beating the lakers that's always good right um but honestly uh, pete to your point you nailed it on the head with the new york and chicago I've been hearing this for the past three years from just people in the NBA talking about when New York and Chicago is relevant, that means NBA is back. I mean, you have these smaller markets that are doing well, Utah. Um, that's great. But when you want, when you really want your bigger teams, your, your bigger cities to do well, that's you, that's when you know um, NBA is back and Chicago is on the brink. I, I really, I'm hopeful, and like you said, AK, Mark Eversley, they're respected throughout the league, and I'm hoping that it's it's no longer Gar Foreman situation where guys want to play with Levine and um, these guys. So I'm excited for it. NBA, I'm starting to watch the playoffs again, so it's been fun. Yeah, you heard it early in the season when LeBron complimented Pat Williams, and then right at the end of the season, Kevin Durant was saying how the Bulls have a good core with Zach and Vooch. And he said Kobe White and Pat Williams. It'll be interesting to see what they do next season to build on that core. But I think in the eyes of the NBA, they're on the up and up compared to a decade of futility with Carr and Pax. Yeah, how, how awesome would it be if you, you, you got to see that Knicks Bulls rivalry again? What? I think that would be awesome for the league. Dude, just watching the Knicks game today, one, it was awesome seeing freaking – Spike Lee and Tracy Morgan and all the people at the game and the game was loud that that stadium was rocking and, and I don't know man for the the longest time especially in the 90s we have that huge rivalry with the Knicks this time this year I find myself rooting for them because of Tibbs 
And because of Derrick Rose, and it, I, I was kind of conflicted in that scenario. I wanted to ask you guys, were you guys rooting for the Knicks? Because it's, it feels weird to me root, rooting I, for the I Knicks. Can't, I can't root for the Knicks. I, I was care. rooting for the Knicks. I don't care today. if it's Tibbs and Derrick Rose. I can't. I, I love I love Derrick Rose, but just something a part of me just, just was embedded in me from the 90s about hating the Knicks so much that no, it's I physically it's like the Packers. I physically cannot root for the Knicks to win. I'm with Jason, I man. I, I can't I can't do it. I, I the Knicks <laughs> just because of, of like what he said, it's it's something in me that honestly, just anything New York, I can't root for. I just anything about them just I hope they lost and they lost and it was awesome. Me and my boys watched the last five seconds of that and Trey Young with that runner. Oh it was my awesome. god. Shout out Trey Young. I think we talked about it um earlier in the season when the Bulls played Atlanta. That guy is fucking nails, man. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He is fucking good, man. Another small market in Atlanta. And yeah. it's just like, you know, it, it, it stinks because these guys, there's a lot of guys across the NBA and I think across all sports. If you don't play in a big market, it's something, and maybe we can talk about it when we get into baseball, but Mike Trout, one of the biggest names in baseball, just, just doesn't get the love enough. And it, it drives me crazy. Uh, just the one thing about what you, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with Peter on this. I don't think it's the fact that, you know, we're like rooting for the Knicks and, and all that. I think it's just rooting for those old school teams to be relevant yeah. and to be good because it's been a long time. I mean, you've been seeing the Warriors and, you know, obviously no offense to like the Warriors or the Mavericks or whoever these other teams are. Obviously the Lakers always been those top notch teams and all that, but when you have the Knicks, when you have the Bulls, when you have the Pacers, I mean, Celtics. those old school teams back in the 90s, the Celtics as well, too. It's a different vibe. It's a different yeah. type of feel when you have those uh, those teams in the playoffs. Uh, no offense to anybody who's in there right now with the Nets and no, all that. No, yes. Yes, offense. Yes, offense to Milwaukee Bucks. No, no, hold on. First, yeah, first and, first and foremost, the, you know, the Nets are the number one team probably in, in the Eastern Conference right now. New York's always going to root for the Knicks. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a Knicks. It's a Knicks town. Just like I mean, I'm I'm sorry to say it. I mean, I love the white. You know, kind of like the similar with the White Sox. It's it, you know when it comes to baseball, it's always going to be a a Cubs town. Uh, but that's the way it is with, with basketball in New York. You're going to have the Knicks going to be the number one team over, even if the Nets are still going to be, you know, they're the number one seed. They're the 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 shot to to win the in the Eastern Conference. Everybody's rooting for the Knicks because that's the New York team that's been for, for such a long time. Um, they have all that type of you know nostalgic feels and all that. The next, I mean, the Nets. What they had that two thousand run with, you know, um, Jason Kidd and all that. And I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, whatever. Uh, well, they just. I get what, what what Peter's. Yeah, I get what Peter's trying to say. I mean, I don't want to root for the Knicks because obviously, yeah. I, I mean, J, uh, Jay and, and and Javi, I'm with you guys as well too. I don't think I would be like, you know, hey, I want to root for the Knicks and not, you know, whatever. I think it's just more of just like, you know, we want these teams back into the yeah. into the playoffs. We that, want we want to we want to see the Bulls back in the playoffs as well too. Well, that and I'm just flat out happy for D Rose. Just seeing him, yeah, doing what he's right. doing off the bench and. It's just good. It's a good story. Chicago kid. So I'm Root happy for him. For him. Yeah. 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 Obviously. Yeah. All right. Well, Speaking of New York, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a bad bad weekend for the Sox. We'll we'll segue to a little baseball mm, here. Segment. Um. 
So Sox had a interesting week to say the least. Um, go to New York, they get swept. Obviously it looks like when you're facing some pretty damn good pitching with Garrett Cole, no Eloy and no Lou Bob kind of, kind of shows, you know, definitely different offensive team without those two guys against elite pitching, but we'll, we'll, not only we'll get into much of the Sox woes this this weekend because I think it's just going to be a hiccup. My biggest thing I wanted to talk to you guys about because it was the big story was the Benzo 3-0 up 11 you know, against the Twins, just piling it on. And I'm all for giving fuck you homer homers to the against the Twins. Um, and then we all heard about LaRusso's comments about you know he's there's going to be consequences and he didn't have a problem with you know, him getting thrown at the next day, but I want to get your more on you guys take on what's your thoughts on the unwritten rules of baseball with when position players are out there and putting on tacking on runs during, you know, like a blowout game in the ninth inning, what, you know, and the re- pitchers retaliating, you can't show up, you know, the, the pitcher, you can't pimp home runs, you know, a lot of this old school old man shit that's been talked about now. So I want Open forum, guys. Vent it out. What's your? Well, yeah, I kind of. I we'll go back. We'll get back to the White Sox talk in general because I think we missed a lot. But yes, the unwritten rules of baseball can go fuck themselves. Like, get the fuck out of here. I think one Major League Baseball in general has a real big problem with quote unquote old man baseball, and that that's what part of it. Whether it's the unwritten rules and you, no bat flipping. And no pimping, and you can't swing on 3-0 when you're up to nothing. If you don't want to get hit, if you don't want home runs to get hit, don't put a position player on there. It's that simple. What do you expect when the position player is playing a pitching role? Like, you're going to get hit. And I think the overarching theme is between that and then, like, Major League Baseball in general have, like, these archaic rules about, um, sharing highlights on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I don't share many highlights on Instagram for baseball because like they crack down on anyone sharing their stuff. That's such backwards thinking. You see the NBA on Twitter, dude, every dunk is on Twitter. Every steal and every big play is on Twitter and Instagram because you want to promote the game. And Major League Baseball for the longest time is like backwards thinking in all of this. And the, and the unwritten rules is a big part of that. And I mean, I hate to say it, but we keep talking about it. Tony La Russa is the main culprit in all of this. Uh, Peter nailed it, man. I, I'm a huge baseball fan. I've always been. I My kids play baseball and they're going to play baseball. So hopefully they're old like me. And Pete's right. These unwritten rules, this is why Major League Baseball is just not popular because they have all these old school rules. The bat flip is cool to these kids. Like, <laughs> let it go. Plus, 3-0 pitch. I mean, yeah, you, you want to hit the ball, but nobody knows if you're going to hit a single or a home run. It's uh, You so, put the bat on the ball and you're going to do your best, right? Hit a home run. For God's sake, was it more was it more of him swinging on 3-0 or is it more because the Sox were already up? 11, 12 runs at that point. I don't he just care. wanted to get the game uh, over with. Yeah, it doesn't I matter. Teach my kids. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You swing at a 3 0 pitch, it's a strike. The guy swung, hit a home run. Like, end of story. It's, the, it's not the, his fault. 
the one thing I will say, I think the big part of what Tony was pissed at was that he didn't read the sign. I guess Larusa told him to take a ball or take take a pitch. Get the fuck out of here, Tony Larusa. Just get out of here. This guy spent his fucking career trying to make it to the big leagues. He's 28 year old rookie, man. It, it's not like this. Like he's trying to make a name for himself. And he's a big reason why your team is in first place. You lost stars. You lost all these people. And fucking Benzo, for the most part, was put his team on the back. Put his put his put the team he on his back. Face. Yeah. So get out of here. Just shut the fuck up, Tony Larusa, please. And stop the bigger point. Stop making everything about yourself. Because I'm tired of talking about Tony Larusa when this team is in first place and we got awesome pitching and we got players like Tim Anderson that that fucking pimp anything he do I don't care what Tim Anderson does he he deserves to do any if he wants to flip bats if he wants to run backwards I don't care what he does Tim Anderson deserves because he's a star he's a star in the making and all of these people I, I think Fernando Tatis is a, a, another guy like you need more of those type of players you need more Tatises and TAs and Joey Bats when he was flipping back, like I know he's older now, but like you need more of these players, and be be a little less vanilla if you're the major league baseball. Acuna Junior as well. Yeah, Acuna Junior is awesome. More of these guys. Yeah. What's frustrating is is I I coach a lot of these younger kids, and what they do is they literally just go on YouTube and watch highlights because MLB black out they black out a lot of the the local games. Imagine like, being a kid wanting to watch baseball and you're not allowed to because Major League Baseball doesn't want you to. You're right. so stupid. So that's how they're losing out on players. So, and then just one more point. White Sox are such an exciting team to watch, but it's all about Tony LaRusso all the time. And it's, it's getting annoying. It really is. We're not even in June yet. That's the problem. Like eventually, like I know Tim Anderson came out with the quote that I love that he's like, we're the bad kids. And he's the dad and we just don't listen to him. But eventually the kids are going to get tired of having to answer for the fucking old man dad. That's the problem. It's, it's fuck. What is it? May like 20, 23rd. What, what we're not even, yeah, 23rd. We're not in June yet. And we're keep having to talk about Tony LaRusso, which I think is going to be a problem eventually. Yes, it will. Um, so you guys mentioned Sox had a down week. They pretty much dropped all their statistical categories they don't have the best run differential in baseball anymore don't have the best record still holding on to to the al central one and a half games but um definitely a tough week for for them in new york they seems like they met like a buzzsaw and i hate it because i hate all the yankees fans chirping and at at Sox fans i feel like you know it's i don't know if that's honest it's not really a rivalry in my opinion it's just more Chicago versus New York thing. That Friday um, game felt like a playoff game. I, yeah. I, I tweeted about it. This whole series, I mean, yeah, we got swept, but each game was close. And if we catch this team, I'm not worried about the Yankees. I, I'll say it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the Yankees if we catch them in the playoffs. No, I, I don't think so either. I think especially if we get Eloy and Luba back right. at that point as well. But and definitely the bullpen, the bullpen needs the yes. bullpen needs to be better. That that was, you know, supposed to be the strength of the season. And, you know, they obviously had some struggles. Another bonehead decision by La Russa by not having Hendricks start that ninth inning and 
coming in there when the bases were already loaded. Like, I mean, you, you put him in a bad spot right there. And he's supposed to, I know Bummer's supposed to get guys out. LaRusso's or Hendricks is supposed to get guys out, but you, you can't, you can't put guys in and can't win high, you know, unwinnable situations there. So uh, bullpen just needs to get better. End of story. Yeah. So we had a discussion about Bummer earlier in the week, Jason. And at yes. this point, I mean, he's struggling. He He's reeling. He's not what we expected in the Benny. And Liam Hendricks, we gave him all this money. And Tony LaRusa is saving him for innings that don't exist. That, that's what's driving me crazy is we've seen it time and time again. He won't put him in in high, le- high leverage situations because he's saving them for safe situations that never happen. So, like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I got a stat here. Liam Hendricks has only pitched in 5.2 innings of high leverage baseball this year. Hitters have a slash line of 227, 261, 500. And then he's pitched in 6.2 innings of low leverage baseball and hitters have a slash line of 192, 222, and 462. The point being is that Tony La is saving them for innings that don't exist. And it's driving me crazy. Put them in to either get a hold and, and worry about the next guy later because you're saving them for nothing. And now like you, you get a day's rest and like, he's just not pitching enough to get in a rhythm and to earn his money basically. Yes. And the Sox need to get it to get, they have to forget about this weekend, get over it um, because they got the Cardinals coming into town now um, for three games. That's going to be another high, high intense series right there. So talk about some Cubs because Javi, you know, Cubs have been actually doing a lot better uh, lately. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. It looks like they're on top of the central right now. Um, or no, they're two games behind. Yes, sorry. Yeah, two games behind yeah. uh, Cardinals right now. Sorry, I had the wrong yeah. stat up there. But yeah, two games over 500. Um, so yeah, they're definitely, what are, what are your takes from this Cubs team for the past couple of weeks since they've been kind of come out of their offensive slump? Yeah, they're playing well, but they're not going to go anywhere. I, I think it, it's going to, Jed Hoyer is going to be selling at in July because I, I there's no way, I mean, I look at, Europe, I mean, the West is stacked. They got San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, St. Louis. They do, they lost one of their pitchers yesterday, so he's going to be on a deal for a couple of weeks. Um, but you got New York, Atlanta. They, they, they're doing well, but that pitching is just it, – it's not sustainable. Like, I have no faith. Arietta was a great feel-good feel story coming back to Chicago. Um it's not something that they can do all year. And I think Jed Hoyer from day one, even before the season started, he had a plan to shred as much contract. That's why you Darvish got traded. Um, it sucked. And obviously it, it would have been awesome if, if he was still around, but I, I think he's going to trade as much as he can. I don't know who's going to be gone. There's good. There's a talk that Obviously Bryant might get traded and, it would, I would hate to see it, but if you can haul back pitching, which is what the Cubs need badly, I'd be for it. Um, I just, I just saw it's a stack come over my, my Twitter feed right here. As you're mentioning that Cubs bullpen, the last eight games, 25 innings pitched 11 hits, only one unearned run, nine walks, 
34 strikeouts. So that bullpen who was getting shit on in the beginning of the season seems to have uh, stepped up in the last uh, eight games here. They dropped the bullpen ERA is, is, is a 3.02. So they've, they dropped it almost a full half a point right now. So yeah. What, what about the bullpen? So, yeah, I, 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 Kimbrough's doing, he's a completely different person from last year. I mean, last year he just was skipping up run after run and he just shut the, out the St. Louis Cardinals. They just won in 10 innings, um, two to one or three to two. Um, yeah, they're doing super well, but again, I, I just, I cannot see this going into September and October. I, I just can't, um, oh. They're in a hot streak, but as you guys know, it's baseball and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a game of waves. And I really do think Jed Hoyer, and I could be wrong, but I, I swear just Jesse Rogers said like last week or the week before, even if the Cubs are hovering couple games, like behind St. Louis, they're going to try to sell off what they can because they just need to get rid of just that. They, they're just so you got Jason Hayward still getting paid $24 million for the next That's a years. joke of a contract. It, it, it's terrible. And um, so, as, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but as, yeah. as we were talking, um, recording, the Cubs actually did beat St. Louis yep. in 10 innings, so they did gain a, a game on the on the cards. But So they'll be two games back now. Yeah, they're two games back. Um, so, again, I I don't know. I, I, w- I really hope they try to find a way to re-sign Rizzo, Baez, Contreras is a, probably a guy who could be um, be traded because I think they got another dude in the minor league or yeah, in the minors who could kind of step in. So we'll wait and see. Um, the rest of the year, I'm kind of you know I'll, we'll just they do have like one pitcher, Alize, that's decent, and I think he he's he can be something. But I, I honestly, yeah, they've been playing well. Just don't think they can do it all year. You know what's interesting about the Cubs is I see them last year and now this year. I, I do think, Javi, it is a lot of smoke and mirrors. They're playing awesome. Um, my main takeaway, I like David Ross as a coach. He's awesome. I, I think he's everything I would want in a manager. We see that we saw it last year with Ricky, and now I'm seeing it again with TLR. Um, David Ross is awesome. I, I, I know a lot of people question the hire. They're hiring from within and stuff like that. They let Joe Madden go and everybody wanted Joe Girardi or whatever. It seems like he gets his players to play, whether you got talent or not, they, they all step up for him. So credit to him, man. I, I think that was my main takeaway from this Cubs season so far is, is David Ross is the real deal. Um, I, I want to just voice that. I think we should all take Johnny's opinion and hire CC Sabathia as the Sox manager. See, <laughs> shout out CC Sabathia, Johnny. You you share that uh you share that highlight with us. He had he said all the right things. <laughs> On his podcast rant. Yeah, yeah, dude, he'd be awesome for the Sox. <laughs> well, Could you honestly, imagine him in post game interviews? What's driving me crazy about the Sox, and I I I, I don't want to keep ranting about Tony Larusa because it's a, like podcast after podcast after podcast. But eventually, like the rubber's gonna have to meet the road. He he's costing us games at this point, and he's like costing us headlines. It's it's a double whammy. I've seen a lot on Twitter, and it's just meathead Sox fans. If they do get rid of him, would you guys be opposed to Ozzy coming back? I, I would not, but it's never going to happen as long as Kenny Williams is still in, ex, you know, executive vice president there. 
We'll get rid of Kenny Williams too then. Oh, I would love to get rid of Kenny Williams, but he I got see, a, he I, got Jerry a World Series ring, so he's I, I Jerry's gonna have to out. die first before I Kenny see Williams this goes. Core, I see this core of White Sox players, and I feel like this is the perfect type of team for Ozzie and Amanda. And might, might as well, like it might be like a circus at that point if Ozzie comes back. But I'm just so sick of Tony Larusa, Johnny. No, I, I I said it before they were even hiring Tolu Russo about the couple of candidates. I didn't even want AJ Hench. I wanted Ozzy because I think he would have been the perfect coach for these players. One, they're they're a young team. Two, they're land players, so he would relate really well. Three, if there was any situation that they would get involved in as as far as like, you know, they're slumping or whatever, he would take that heat off in a hurry that w- that's the, something that he would do with the media blame me don't blame the players if they're in a slump if they're they're struggling whatever that's what he used to do that's what relaxed a lot of his players when they were playing for him they loved playing with him um or playing for him because he always have has his back obviously that's something that you know that's one of the, the issues that you know Tony Russo has been having you know this year especially with the Mercedes deal um but yeah I would definitely love um Ozzy as being the coach um even even as a wild card too, I know he, he he's not a you know he's never had any managerial experience, but hopefully down the road I think AJ would be a really good coach as well too. I think catchers make some of the best coaches in 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 the league. Um, hopefully down the road he's something that he you know he would think about, but um, I think AJ would be another a good candidate as, as a coach I, as well too. I but love AJ. Yeah, Ozzy for sure. One hundred. Yeah, Ozzy for sure would be 100%. You know, this is the perfect team for him. Um, will that happen? It's only a matter, I think, of obviously Jerry's not going to fire Tony La Russa. It's a more, only a matter of Tony La is going to be like, yeah, uh, I don't want to do this next year. God, we hope so. I hope I this happens before July. Like, he realizes maybe I don't got it anymore. I mean, it's, uh, somebody spike his drink, get another DUI. I don't care what it is. Just get him out. <laughs> get him out. Um all right, but we're going to wrap up some baseball talk there, and we're going to just do our weekly What a Bum segment. And, Javi, since you joined us for the whole podcast, I'll give you first honors this week of telling us who your What a Bum is. So I don't know if you guys watched uh, ESPN a lot. I, I think I'm so over ESPN bringing on quote-unquote analysts. and I mean, they're, those- yeah, they're experts. Yes, yes, experts, especially now with the NBA going on. So it was like a week ago, Kendrick Perkins was talking, and he was saying that it's way harder to win a championship in the NBA than it is in the NFL. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, really? These guys just, they, they don't know what they're talking about. I think you three can do a better job on ESPN than some of the guys they bring on because they just honestly just talk. Have, have they not seen Michael, Kobe, and LeBron play? Like, it's much easier to win NBA championships. You just get all your buddies together and, you know, you go form a super team and win as opposed to trying to beat each other up for 17 weeks plus postseason. You got torn ACLs and broken or torn pecs and concussions and everything and – yeah, it's it's much easier to win in the NBA, hands down. That's why people who that's why repeating in the Super Bowl is so far fetched. I I think what only a hand cup besides maybe the the Patriots and the Cowboys who's who's repeated in NFL and Super Bowls. Right. I agree. He th- these guys just need to stop and 
one of the reasons I just don't watch ESPN for anything anymore. Yeah, they're 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 trash. Um, well, thank you for that, Johnny. Who's your what a bum? It's me because I couldn't think of one. Oh, <laughs> what a bum! Says they're right in his name. Fucking bum. bum! This is the first time it's happened. Can't think of anybody. Everything's everything's all peaches. Yeah, I guess everything's good. nice in Johnny's world. No DoorDash yeah. delivery drivers or. Oh you know, no! Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I do got something. I got do. I, I do have something. I do have something. Uh. And I don't, I, I don't know if this is just more, you, maybe some, actually, Jason, you might be able to fill me in on this one. Um, Friday night, I went to go uh, meet up a buddy um, at, it's about maybe like a f- five, seven minute drive. I took an Uber over there. Uh, usually around that, 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 uh, that price is usually around seven to 10 bucks. My amount was $21. What the fuck? There's a shortage of Uber drivers. Wait. So I went, so I went, so then after that, I was just like, oh, we're going to go to another bar, which is only about maybe five minutes away. And that costs $12. Usually 12, 12, $21 is usually from the loop all the way back to my, you know, back where my mom's house and all that. Uh, It's, do you have any insight on that as, as to why these prices are so high? No, Peter, Peter nailed it on the head. There's a shortage of drivers and it's, all, it, it's basically their algorithms for their heat maps. So no, but it's not even that anymore. It, it's, it's literally, there's a shortage of Uber drivers. So between COVID people not wanting strangers in their cars. And now all of the Uber drivers realizing that um, it's beneficial for them to be delivering stuff instead for like either Grubhub or DoorDash or like the, you know, the supermarket delivery things. I, I read, I read an article about it, how like the, the, the driving thing has shifted to where um, Uber and, and all these um, rideshare stuff is just a shortage of drivers. So now because there's a shortage of drivers, the heat map is going to be there all the time because, you know, when, when once you were, looking for a ride and there was 10 drivers now a lot of people are looking for the ride and there's only five drivers okay i understand okay i get the shortage of drivers i get that i kind of checked in the at at late later in the night to see how much it it would be from because i was in the south loop and i was just seeing how much it would be south loop to my mom's house it's maybe a couple it's it's a few a few miles it's not it's not that bad but eighty dollars $80 $80 for I understand the shortages I get that but there's a also to a price gouging that is also like $80 for for a fucking ride get out of here man I, yeah I, I understand the shortages and all that COVID stuff like that I'd rather just take the train and, or I'll just walk my ass home than to pay $80 <laughs> just just for a ride from one place to another that, that's just ridiculous how much $20, is dollars okay I understand how much is that. the divvy bikes <laughs> yeah, or I'll take yeah, I would take the Divi bikes as well too. It's a, it's a lot cheaper than than that. Yeah, absolutely. Eighty dollars. Then you're you're price gouging at that point. Oh, yeah, it's I, crazy. I, another thing too that I think probably for the shorter drivers is because of the way Uber's business model is set up, where they just take way too much money off the top before you, it even comes back to you. Where any ride you any ride you take, they take ten percent 
they don't reimburse you for maintenance. They don't take they don't take taxes out. So you can ha- you can have a nicer car in your in your force to take the Uber X rides because if you if you decline too much of those, you can get booted off the app. Their there's their business model, which was great, you know, when people were into it and wanted to make some extra money, and then started realizing that like why am I why am I doing all these short runs and then Uber's taking ten percent cut off of it and I got to go put gas in my car after after two hours of driving it's it, it it's it in the long run it's not worth it you, after you do it for a couple months so I could see why they have a shortage of drivers they need to change their whole mantra there but yeah fuck them for price gouging that definitely needs to be looked at by the city or Illinois or something all right Peter what you got. All right, my what a bum, and uh, it's another one of these old man baseball takes. I tweeted about it uh, a week ago or so, or probably longer. We haven't been on in a while, but it's um, former, or he's ESPN radio guy, 40 years in Chicago sports, Fred Huber, Fred Hubner. He tweeted out, um, when will baseball stadiums realize that the music they play should be for the people at the games? Not the hip hop rap nobody in the stands know. Likely never. What the fuck? Fred Hubner, you old motherfucker. Nobody wants to hear your goddamn dusties. It's of course rap stadium or baseball stadiums are going to be playing hip hop and rap and, and newer music. One, it's for the players on, on the field. And two, anyone younger than you, Fred Hubner, you dumb fuck. You're another part of the reason why baseball is the way that it is. Well, I mean, what kind of take is that? He probably he's he's probably was a very upset when Kenurk used to come out to Metallica every walk up. Oh, God, turn that old that old devil music off. Like that that was such a and I like Fred Humner. He's a fire fan. He tweets about craft beers all the time. Like he's an older guy, but like I I, I enjoy following him on Twitter. That was the worst take I've seen in a long time. It's basically turn off that rap music. I'm old. I mean, what, is, what does he expect? Like Tim Anderson to walk out to Frank Sinatra or something? Yeah, it's like fucking not everybody can come out to Billy Joel, Fred Humor. <laughs> That's a bad take. Um, all right, I'm just going to close it out. My, my bum is simple. It's, it's La Russa. And only for the reason that he didn't, he didn't defend Benzo with, when the whole he was getting crucified. I, not him getting crucified, but when he was when La Russa opened his mouth and then he was okay with the way the twins handled it, basically saying, you know, oh no, I didn't have any issue with, I didn't think it was suspicious when they threw at him. Like if that was Ozzy, you know, even Ventura, he would have had a problem. He would have went off on that. If you're, if you're going to be a manager, you got to protect your players. You got to stand behind them. Even if, even if he didn't take the sign, even if you're mad that he swung three Oh, when there's, when he starts getting thrown at, you got to put some balls behind your, you know, yourself and defend your players. Like don't be a fucking just senile old fuck at that point. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to do the Tony because we've been bashing him forever and it was like the obvious bum of the week, but he's been the bum of the week. He's been the bum of the month. Um, Our buddy Jose tweeted us after the whole Benzo thing. And he's like, he said, I heard this from someone else, but what's worse Mercedes not knowing the unwritten rules or Tony LaRusso not knowing the 2000, 21 rules the actual rules of the game because he's shown that twice this season already yeah so i mean it's criminal that you're not defending your own player and i get it he's he was mad that he didn't 
but you're basically defending your division rival. You're defending your division rival and not sticking he's up. Ha- he's players. he's okay with he's okay with the biggest rival in the division throwing at his best hitter. What happened That's if so it was stupid. actually? What happens then if it actually like hit him on the elbow or something? Or God forbid it hit him. They went up top and tried to go for the head, and he and he got hurt, and then he's out for you know a couple months. Then, yeah, then, I mean, then what do you, you're okay with that? You, you're not, all of a sudden you're not going to be okay with that or are you, I don't know, but either way, his, his take on that was, un, was inexcusable. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I will say, I tweeted out when this thing happens, it seems like this team doesn't give a fuck who its manager is. They're swaggy. They're having fun. They're dressing like Moncada. They're winning games. They, they have all the talent in the world. Even the bench guys are coming up big when they need them to, you know, Benzo's coming up big, even, I mean, I don't know about Garcia. He's had some good games. He's had some bad games, but, but this team as a whole, doesn't give a fuck about if it's Ricky Renteria or Tony LaRussa, this team is out to win games. So thank God we have leaders in that clubhouse and it's Lance Lynn. And obviously it's Abreu and TA, but everyone's been stepping up. Giolito's vocal. Like they have a really good young core that, I love so much and it sucks that we keep talking about Tony, but I'm not worried about the team itself. Are we ready for burger time? Oh yeah. I, talk I, about I, burger time. I would love to see him just because he's been tearing it up in the minors. He has no position though, because he's a, he's a, he's a third baseman. Oh, we'll, first fi- baseman. we'll find a position for him. We'll find a position <laughs> for him. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to throw someone else in right field then and get rid of. Can he can he play right field? Can we get rid of Eaton then and put Berger in 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 right field? Because yeah, he's he's been he's your third baseman slash first baseman, and they Sox got enough of those type of players. Get put him in right field. Let's see what he's got. Vaughn if Vaughn can do it, and looks like a Gold Glove left fielder after never playing the position. I th- I think we can get Berger in there as well. Yeah, also, kudos, kudos to him. He's been playing really yeah. good defense of late. Also, I like to imagine that the Sox clubhouse, Peter, which you were just talking about, they they win despite the manager. I like to think that they're having meetings like the Stone Cutters, and like <laughs> Tony's Tony's not allowed to to attend the meetings, and all of them got fancy chairs and we're easy, only allowed to have one Tony. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, cousin Javi, thanks for joining us this week like again we will put your your banishment up to a vote for the bum the bum cast uh listeners out there so after like i said earlier in the in the show tweet us instagram us whatever you want let us know should we unban javi or not and then hopefully next show we'll have some results if uh if he gets a jump on the bandwagon here because he he did take a good step in throwing up the hallis hall you know, maybe maybe he needs to do like the little like chalkboard signs. Like, what was that reporter from Boston who was always on part of my take? Oh, Woody Page. Yeah, Woody Page. yeah. Maybe you just throw like a little chalkboard up next to your thing and put like number Justin Fields stand or something like that. You know, start start doing the chalkboards to get back. I'm gonna choke with a Justin Fields jersey next time. <laughs> I think that's gonna be the hottest seller the, this summer for sure. Um, all right, Peter, go back to your. Crying infant, sleeping infant, whatever hopefully he's doing he's, right. Hopefully he's sleeping. If he's crying and I walk up this basement steps, I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, thanks again. We'll catch you guys later this week. Um, be safe out there. Good night, Javi. Thanks, Love guys. Until Virginia, I said hi. <laughs>
Bye. Adam. I sure will. See you guys.